0: Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, February 15th. The time is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in New York, and you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this period of time when we come together for prayer, intercession, Petition and supplication on behalf of our prodigal, wayward, backslidden sons and daughters. Many of us are parents of teenagers and adults who have left the faith, backslidden, have no interest in the things of God. Maybe your son or daughter is an adult. And they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe at one time they were in the church and they have just wandered off for a variety of reasons. Lack of interest in the things of eternity. Apathy. Maybe perhaps to pursue career or friendships, or pleasures in life. Many of us have prodigal sons and daughters who perhaps just have no interest whatsoever in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They think perhaps it's for old people, or they have no time for God. Maybe they think they're good enough. Maybe they think that There is no heaven. There is no hell. Many of our prodigals are involved in the occult, Wicca, crystals, alternative religions, these days, alternative religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, transcendental meditation. Many young people are turning from the gospel of Jesus Christ and their Turn into other beliefs, crystals, new age beliefs. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I live in Monticello, New York, where this broadcast is originating, and there is a municipality not too far from here. And in this municipality, this small town, this village, there is a building that used to be a church. And the church. Is no longer a Christian church, and it now currently is a store where they sell occult items, crystals, spells, Wiccan material as well. Many young people, many people flock to this building, to this store, to buy talismans, spells, books on incantations, Crystals, stones, all kinds of things that are connected with the occult, with Wicca, with witchcraft, with New Age beliefs. This is the kind of thing our young people are turning to. Many of our prodigal sons and daughters have come out and said, they don't want Jesus Christ. Leave them alone. They don't have time to turn to God. Apathy being irreligious. But the word of God says it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this, there is judgment. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Jesus Christ is going to return. It says so in his word. The word of God says that the Lord will come back like a thief in the night. When you least expect it, and that's what this podcast is all about. We come together every week. We have numerous requests that we'll be bringing before the throne of grace later on in our podcast. Some of these requests, the Lord has been moving in a mighty way, and there have been answers to prayer. And many of these requests are on behalf of adult. And teens who are backslidden, wayward, or have never accepted Christ. And we as parents agonize over our prodigal children. We don't want to see them enter a Christless eternity. I was listening to the news the other day. I was online and there was a report of a young man in his 30s who died suddenly of perhaps a heart attack. The word of God says that in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. You don't have to be old or sickly to pass away. Death can come at any time. A person can enter into eternity for a variety of reasons. Perhaps maybe, God forbid, the victim of a crime or an accident or an illness. It's been in the news, many young people just suddenly dropping dead. (coughs) Excuse me. I've often said that the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is an event known as the rapture. When the Lord Jesus Christ will return to earth and snatch up all believers, those who have died in the faith will be taken up from their graves first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds in the air. This is actually going to happen. It sounds unbelievable, but it is true. The rapture could take place at any moment. It is indeed the blessed hope for believers, but for those who are unsaved, who have never surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, it is the moment when they will be left behind to face God's judgment on a rebellious and unrepentant world. And after the rapture takes place, there will be a period of time, a seven-year period of time called the Great Tribulation, when multiple judgments will be poured out on this earth. It will be a horrible, horrible time. Signs in the heavens, earthquakes, pandemics, epidemics, plagues, food shortages, It will be a terrible time to be left behind. You and I do not want our prodigals left behind when the rapture takes place, whether it's entering a Christless eternity through death or getting left behind. The eternal souls of our prodigals is at stake. We need to continue to pray and fast, petition and intercede on behalf of of our wayward, backslidden, and unsaved sons and daughters, so that their hardened hearts would be softened, their closed eyes would be opened, their stopped-up ears would be willing to listen, and their hearts would be receptive, and let the Word of God fall on good ground. You know, many of us witness, and we try to be salt and light to our prodigals. Sometimes they... Respond to us in hostility or anger. They don't want to hear the gospel. Leave them alone. Don't bother them. Not right now. Get off my back. Those are the responses that we hear. We invite them to church and they refuse. It's unfortunate, but it is true. And so we take this time every week to lift up requests on behalf of unsafe and prodigal and wayward sons and daughters. We lift them up in prayer that God would touch their hearts, the Holy Spirit would work in their lives, and they would come to the foot of the cross, repent of their sins, and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is a live podcast, and we welcome your participation in it. We welcome you to call in. Maybe you'd like to share a scripture. Maybe you'd like to share a testimony on what the Lord is doing and moving in your life or in the life of your prodigal. We've had one mom call in not that long ago and testify that her son that we have been praying for, all of us here at Parents of Prodigals, her son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and God is moving in his life in a mighty way. Just last week, she typed in that there were some new developments with her son And God is opening up and blessing him with employment and just moving in his life in a mighty way. God does answer prayer. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if you'd like to share a testimony or a scripture, there is a phone icon on the Pod B map if you're listening. All you have to do is click on that, and I will patch you in so we can hear what you have to share or want to share. Maybe you have a prayer request. It's not too late to submit your prayer request. You can type it in, and we will see it on our screen and bring it before the throne of grace when the appointed time comes. If you want your request to be anonymous and unspoken, perhaps God knows the details. We'll just bring it before the throne of grace. We want to pray for your unsaved son and daughter this evening. And so we welcome you again to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. At this time, I want to welcome listeners in a variety of areas. We have listeners right here in New York. We have listeners in California, Colorado and Pennsylvania, North and South Carolina, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho and Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, Virginia and West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, and New Hampshire, the great state of Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island, Indiana, Arizona, Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico, <clears throat> Canada, Arkansas, Mississippi, Wyoming, and most recently the great state of Nebraska. Internationally, we have listeners in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France, Uganda, and Brazil, the United Kingdom. We have Parents of Prodigals listeners in Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Philippines, India, Germany, New Zealand, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, Japan, Russia, and in Ireland. And we also have listeners in an unnamed country, which I will not mention. It wasn't that long ago when I saw this country in the list of Nations that are tuning in. And the problem that existed is that in this particular nation that we saw, it is illegal to tune in to a podcast or a program. The gospel, the word of God, is outlawed in this particular nation. And so, in using godly wisdom, we did not name this particular country. We didn't want to jeopardize the safety of the believers who have been tuning in to this podcast. If you are tuning in tonight, we welcome you, God bless you, and we will continue to pray for your strength in the Lord. But right now, before we enter into our devotional time, touch and agree with me in an opening word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time when we can come together, Lord God. Father, this is nothing fancy. This is not a time of entertainment, Lord God. This is not some kind of performance, Father. This is a holy moment. When we want to lift up in prayer, Lord God, all prodigals, unsaved sons and daughters, we pray that your hand and your blessing and your anointing be on this podcast. We first and foremost want to thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your love in the shed blood of Jesus. We ask, humbly asking, for your forgiveness if we have failed you in any way, shape, or form. Who can ascend unto your hill? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. That's what we want, Lord God. Clean hands and a pure heart. Cleanse us in the blood of Jesus. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, for failing you in one way or another. We want to be clean in your sight, Lord God. We want nothing hindering our relationship and walk with you, Lord God. Thank you for your forgiveness. And I pray again that your anointing and your blessing be on this podcast. Let something that is shared, edify, strengthen, and encourage the listeners this evening, Lord God. We worship you and we praise you, Heavenly Father. If there is a prodigal that's listening tonight, we pray that you move in their heart in a mighty way. Touch their heart and mind and soul. Let your word fall on good ground, Lord God. We ask these things in Jesus' name, Lord God. Amen and amen. The title of tonight's devotional, is Resistance, and then Transformation. Resistance, then Transformation. And our text is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And I will give you a moment to find that Scripture text in your Bibles. Several weeks ago, I gave a devotional on the transforming power of the Spirit of God in the life of the Apostle Paul. And Paul, who was known as Saul at that time, was a persecutor of believers and was one of the one of the least people that the church expected who would ever come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In fact, there was so much doubt on the genuineness and sincerity of his conversion that the early church believers at first did not believe his testimony thought it was a trick to entrap them, and even refused to meet with him, welcome him, or fellowship with him. And many times that doubtful frame of mind can enter us when we're thinking about our prodigal sons and daughters. We pray, we fast, we read scriptures on God's faithfulness to hear and answer our petitions. But our flesh and the enemy <clears throat> get us to focus and how entrenched our prodigals are in their lifestyles and resistance. It also seems like the animosity and hostility of our prodigals is intensifying as well. Will they ever get saved? How is it possible? When is it going to happen? I have often said, and I still believe, that our petitions on their behalf and our testimony before them antagonizes and kicks up, for lack of a better term, the demonic and satanic entities that are at work in their lives. However, when we read the miraculous and wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus in many accounts, and the Holy Spirit in the lives of individuals who were at one time hostile, hateful, hardened, resistant, and persecutory towards the message of the gospel and the people of God, like Paul. Our hearts are encouraged. And this evening, I'm going to relate the story of one such individual, 19th century Christian author, hymn writer, and medical doctor, Dr. William McKay. But first, let's read our scripture text, which sets the foundation for this evening's devotional. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. When William McKay left for college, his mother gave him a Bible. And on the front page of the Bible, she wrote an inscription, to WP, as he preferred to be called, from your mother. And then she wrote the date. But McKay wasn't even slightly interested in this book, which his mother had given to him. He didn't share her faith. Although he had grown up in a Christian home, he soon began to think of himself as an atheist and had no room for God in his life. In fact, McKay became the first president of the atheistic society in Canada at the time. Later in his life, he talked about those early years, saying that there was nothing too sinful for him to do. And as McKay wrote in his own journal, My mother was a Christian, and she prayed constantly for my eternal well-being. She fought for it in prayer, and she hoped, perhaps against all hope, that I should someday come under the influence of the gospel. But I was wild and reckless. I cared nothing for my mother's God, and I forgot him as far as I could banish him from my mind. Eventually, McKay became a medical doctor, and one day McKay was in the emergency room when a young man was brought in whose body was badly crushed and broken as a result of a serious fall. The young man was still conscious, and he asked what were his chances of pulling through and surviving, and Dr. McKay replied to the young man, young man, you do not have more than two hours to live. The young man calmly replied, That's okay, doctor. I am ready. And a smile came across his face. Although he had seen much suffering and death in his duties at the hospital, McKay was touched by this young man's response to his particular situation. McKay then asked the young man, Is there anything I can do for you? Yes, the young man replied. In my pants pocket, is my paycheck. I would like for you to send it to my landlady. I owe her two weeks rent. And when you send it to her, will you ask her to send the book? What book? McKay asked. And the young man just said, just tell her to send the book. She will know which one to send. Dr. McKay sent an assistant from the hospital to quickly fulfill the young man's request. And throughout his day, he could never get the young man out of his mind. At the end of his shift, Dr. McKay did something that he rarely did before. He went back to the emergency room to see what had become of the young man. The nurse in the emergency room informed McKay that the young man had just died. McKay asked the nurse if the book that the young man had requested had been brought to him. The nurse stated, yes, and that the young man had spent his last moments reading from it. She then reached under the young man's pillow, pulled it out, and asked McKay, what should I do with it? There in the nurse's hand was an old Bible. McKay opened it up slowly, and there on the first page was the inscription, to WP from your mother and then the date. McKay immediately recognized the handwriting. It was his mother's, and it was the very same Bible she had given to him when he went away to college. McKay had pawned the Bible years before out of a complete lack of interest and a desire for cash so he could purchase alcohol. He took the Bible, went to the doctor's lounge, locked the door, got down on his knees and begged for God's mercy and forgiveness, surrendering completely his life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Dr. McKay eventually became a Christian apologist, defending the very gospel he mocked and resisted. He was the author of the well-known Christian book, Grace and Truth, and he also went on to write several great Christian hymns. McKay later wrote in his journal, what shall I say then except as God's word says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 in our scripture text when the lord is speaking to Saul he tells him that it was difficult to kick against the goads A Goad is a long stick, approximately six to seven feet long. The farmer who is plowing his field uses it for the purpose of spurring on the oxen in case they are refusing to move. It's also used to make sure that the oxen are going in the direction that they need to go in and that they are not stubbornly resisting the farmer. What God was telling Saul in this scripture text was that he should not resist or ignore the Holy Spirit that was convicting him of his wrongdoing and was speaking to his heart and mind to get him to repent and turn to him. Dear brothers and sisters, time is running short. The end of all things is at hand, and biblical prophecy is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. The next time your flesh or the enemy try to get you to focus on the circumstances surrounding your prodigal, or try to get you to believe that God doesn't care, even if their resistance intensifies and they seem more entrenched than ever in their sinful ways. Remember Paul's conversion. Remember William McKay's testimony. And even keep in mind the testimonies that you hear right here on Parents of Prodigals on how God is moving and how he can move. Remember these scripture verses as well. 1 Timothy chapter two verses three through four, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter three verse nine, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched hand. Nothing is too hard for you. And finally, this is Jesus speaking to the Father who had difficulty believing that his Son could be delivered from demonic bondage. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let's all continue to be salt and light and continue to pray and fast that our prodigals will be overpowered and overwhelmed by the convicting influence of the Holy Spirit to the point where it becomes difficult for them to kick against the goads and that they realize their need for a Savior, repent of their sins, and ask for and receive deliverance and salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ so that their names will be written in the book of life. Touch and agree with me right now in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which encourages, inspires, strengthens, and comforts, Lord God. And Lord, when we think about our prodigals many times and we think about what they're entrenched in and what they're in bondage to, sometimes we can perhaps get discouraged and perhaps not think it's ever going to happen. Lord, when we read about the Apostle Paul and how hateful he was towards the gospel and towards believers, how he persecuted the church, Lord God, when we first read about him, it seems like he would never... to the foot of the cross and then we read how your Holy Spirit came upon him, convicted him of his sin and bringing him down to his knees until he surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, that tells me, that tells us that nothing is impossible, Lord God, if Paul, his heart. Could be softened, his mind could be opened. If the Apostle Paul could come to the Lord Jesus Christ, our prodigals can too. Even the story of William McKay, Lord God, was encouraging and inspiring, Heavenly Father. And so, Lord, we pray that you strengthen us, encourage us, help us to not give up, but continue to pray, fast, and believe. That you will answer our prayers in your own way and in your own time, Lord God. We fully surrender to you, Heavenly Father. We trust you with the answer to the prayer and the process to the answer to this prayer. We thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Give us patience, give us strength, and help us to trust you, not become weary, and to wait on you. You will save our prodigal sons and daughters. We just need to trust you, hand them over to you, and leave it in your hands. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Well, we've come to the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and at this time we break into a musical interlude. We play two musical pieces which we hope will encourage, strengthen, and comfort you, and speak to your heart in the own unique way that you need ministering to. And after our two musical numbers, we'll have a period of time when we'll be sharing. Perhaps you'd like to call in. Again, this is a live podcast, and we'd like to hear from you. And then we will approach the throne of grace with the requests that we have. Some of these requests, the Lord has moved in a mighty way, and he's answering prayer. Other requests, we are still praying for these young people, these young prodigals. And so without further ado, let's break into our musical interlude, and then we'll return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Listen and be blessed.
1: That were nailed to the tree As grace flows down, it covers me Amazing grace, how sweet the sound As grace flows down dime. Somebody's running out of time. Not too far from here. Somebody's got nowhere else to go. Somebody needs a little hope. Not too far from here. You use me Lord to wipe away tear Cause somebody's crying not too far from here somebody's troubled and confused somebody's got nothing left to lose not too far from here somebody's forgotten how to try Somebody's dying for love Not too far from here Compassion
0: God for those two musical numbers, that last one especially spoke to my heart, Jesus is waiting not too far from here, you know I just was thinking about something, listening to those lyrics, many people complicate salvation, they think they have to get right, they have to drop certain habits, do certain things, straighten out their lives first, and then They think that the Lord will receive them. Absolutely not true. Come as you are. The thief on the cross got saved just as he was. Jesus called the disciples right where they were. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all your sin. Come to him. All you need to do is admit your need for a Savior. Admit you're a sinner. Confess your sins. And fully and absolutely and totally surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Accept him as your savior of your soul and lord of your life. I've often said, when it's many times, it's often said inviting Christ into your life. I have never liked that phrase. Inviting Jesus into your life. And the reason is this. I can invite you into my home. But you're still a guest. I hold the deed to my house and my rules still are over my home. I'm still in charge. I can invite you into my car. But you're a passenger. I'm still in the driver's seat and the title is in my name. No. Christ does not want you to invite him into your life. He doesn't want you to invite him into your home. He wants you to sign the deed of your life over to him. He wants to be in charge of your life. He wants you to fully surrender your life to him. Christ does not want to be a passenger in your life. He wants to be in the driver's seat. He wants the title to your life. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He will save you. He will sanctify you. He is the Prince of Peace. He will bless you. Your name will be written in the book of life, and you will spend eternity in heaven with God. Just come to him surrender your life fully to him believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shall be saved that's what it takes that's all it takes it's not difficult it's not complicated just surrender your life to christ right now we're going to come before the throne of grace we have several requests which we will be bringing before the lord so let's get right to it and as we're praying there is still time to submit your request if you want to type it in we will see it on our screen and we'll touch and agree with you for your unsaved backslidden or wayward son and daughter for their deliverance and salvation touch and agree with me right now our first request we always pray every week for many of these requests two young men by the name of joshua And both these young men at one time were facing addiction issues and difficulties. and We have been praying for them for a while now. And of course, word got to me. And all of us here at Parents of Prodigals, that there have been some developments regarding these two young men. That the Lord is moving in both their lives in a mighty way. I believe one of them did indeed surrender their life back to Christ. They were saved and... They were facing some issues which lured them away, and they recommitted their life back to the Lord. So God is moving in the lives of these two young men. But we need to pray for them, that the enemy and all his counterattacks be foiled. Touch and agree with me right now for both these young men named Joshua. Heavenly Father, your word, your holy word says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in your word, and he meditates on it day and night. Lord, we pray for these two young men named Joshua. We thank you that you're moving in both their lives. We don't know all the details, Lord God, but we do know that you are moving, and we thank you. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We knew you would do it. We trusted you. We continued to pray, and we continued to trust and believe, and it is happening. Help both these young men, Lord God, to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly when evil influences, peers or friends, try to lure them away or try to give them advice or try to pressure them or whisper in their ears. Heavenly Father, close their ears to ungodly feedback or ungodly advice so that they will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Help them not to stand in the way of sinners, to keep away from negative company, from negative people, ungodly and evil influences. Bad company corrupts good morals, your word says, Heavenly Father. Keep both these young men away from ungodly people. The enemy will try to send temptations their way, maybe even female temptations, who knows? or maybe friends who are still using drugs or are trying to lure them back to worldly pleasures. Help both these young men that take a firm stand against ungodly influences. And Lord, these ungodly influences, of course, may get them, to try to get them to mock the things of God. Maybe pressure them, make fun of them, these, these two young men. Don't go to church, don't read your Bible. Come with us, the ungodly may tell them. Heavenly Father, strengthen the resolve of these two young men so that they won't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, they won't stand in the way of sinners, and they will not sit in the seat of mockers. But bring them to the place where they will meditate on your word day and night, reading your word and seeking you so that they both will bear fruit, spiritual fruit. Lord God, you know the way of the righteous. Hang on to these two young men, Lord God. We rebuke the forces of darkness that will try to lure them away. We plead your blood over both these young men. Protect them and guide them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Every week we pray for three young ladies with the name of Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. It's our understanding that I believe one of these three young ladies did come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. She recommitted her life to the Lord. It's my understanding that she is seeking the Lord at this time. Now, I don't know what the status is of the other two young ladies, Gabby and Angela, but we need to continue to pray for all three of them at the Spirit of God move in a mighty way in all three of their lives. The Lord knows what needs to be done. We don't need to know all the details. So touch and agree with me right now. For these three young souls, they are precious to the Lord. Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. Heavenly Father, we lift up these three young ladies before you, Lord God. Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. We pray at your Holy Spirit. Touch all three of them. Touch their hearts. Touch their minds. Touch their souls. Speak to each one of them individually according to what their needs are, Lord God. If it's salvation and deliverance, Lord God, deliver and save, Heavenly Father. We just pray for the salvation of Gabby and Angela, Lord God. If they have not surrendered their lives to you, we just lift them up in prayer that you would bring them to the point Lord God, we we come before you, Lord God, crying out for these two young ladies who are, as far as we know, not yet saved. Their hearts are probably closed to your message of salvation. Save them, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit minister to them. Lead them to repent of their sins and surrender their lives to you that they may see your kingdom. Give these two young ladies the strength and wisdom to always call upon you Bring them to the point where they surrender their lives to you completely, Lord God. Forgive them, Heavenly Father. Have mercy on them. And we rebuke the forces of darkness that will be even at work right now to try to keep them in the enemy camp. We pray for Valentina, Lord God, that you continue to bless her, strengthen her, her perseverance to stay firm in the faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit in her heart and in her mind, Lord God. Heavenly Father a lot of young people feel that serving you is bondage and they want to break chains like psalm says like psalm number 2 says lord god let us break godly let us break the chains of god so we don't have to serve him anymore lord change this perspective service to you is not a burden you came that we may have life and have it abundantly the thief is the one who comes to steal kill and destroy Young people have it backwards, Lord God. Speak to their hearts. Reveal yourself in a mighty way. Show them that you love them. We commit them into your hands, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Every week, we pray for a young sister in Christ by the name of China. China is the adult daughter of my dear brother, Jamie, and his godly wife, my sister, India. And a while back, China was delivered from bondage and surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. But I've often said it before and I'll say it again. Ground that is taken and conquered by prayer must be held by prayer because there will always be a satanic and demonic counterattack to take back what they had. The enemy wants to see China in a Christless eternity. Maybe the call it a backslide to discourage her. We're going to touch and agree right now, thanking God for China's salvation and pray for her strength in the Lord. Touch and agree with me right now for our dear sister China. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for godly parents, a godly mom and dad that were praying and persevering in petition and intercession on behalf of their daughter. Lift these two parents up, Lord God. Bless their home. Pour out your spirit. Restore health and vitality right now at this very moment, Lord God, at 7.51 p.m., February 15th, pour out your spirit in their home, Lord God. Give them a strong sense of your presence, Heavenly Father, the spirit of the living God, angels, ministering spirits to this family, Lord God. We lift up their daughter, China, my dear sister, China, Heavenly Father. We thank you for her salvation. We thank you for bringing her to the place where she said, I need Christ. And she surrendered her life to you. Lord God, now we touch and agree. We pray that you strengthen China, Lord God. Encourage her heart. Make her an Esther, a Sarah, a Ruth, a Priscilla, Lord God. Make her a powerful, mighty, committed, dedicated, consecrated, holy woman of God, mighty in prayer, mighty in your word, wielding the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith, like a true warrior, Lord God. Let her feet be sharp with the preparation of the gospel of peace and help her again, Lord God, to wield the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Like the book of Joshua mentions, Lord God, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Help my dear sister China, do not let your word depart out of her mouth, but help her to meditate on your word day and night. Even when circumstances are difficult, bring your word to her remembrance. Speak to her throughout the watches of the night. Like the Psalm says, Lord God, Let her lie down and sleep in peace because you are with her. Give her sweet sleep. Bless her heart and her mind with the peace that passes all understanding. Strengthen her against temptation. Help her to stand firm. Stekos! Stand firm in the faith. No surrender. Strengthen my dear sister China. I commit her into your hands right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we pray for a gentleman by the name of Edgar. Edgar is the adult son of my dear brother Frank and his wife, a godly woman, Rose. Edgar knows the gospel. He knows you need to accept Christ as his Lord and Savior. He just has not done it yet. Maybe he feels he's good enough. Maybe he feels he doesn't need to. Maybe he feels he can get to heaven on the coattails of his parents. Regardless, everyone has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. If his name is going to get written in the book of life, it'll have to be because he himself surrendered his life to Christ. Touch and agree with me right now for Edgar. Knowing the gospel is not enough. Knowing about Jesus is not enough. You have to surrender your life to Christ. Let's pray for Edgar right now. Heavenly Father, we just touch and agree right now for this man, Edgar. You see what he's doing right now. Where he is, you see whatever vices, whatever habits, whatever company he's keeping, whatever he's doing, whatever he's in bondage to. We pray right now, Lord God, that you free Edgar from whatever is holding him in bondage, from surrendering his life to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we just ask you right now to look on his life, to see what it is in his mind and in his heart that's making him resistant from surrendering his life to you completely, Lord God. We pray that you minister to Edgar in a mighty way. Speak to his heart and mind. Help him to realize he needs you, Lord God. Help him to realize that death can come at any time. Give Edgar absolutely no peace until he surrenders his life to you, Lord God. The enemy is dominating Edgar's life. And we pray right now against the forces of darkness. We plead the blood of Jesus over Edgar. His mind as well. Lord, open up Edgar's mind to the truth of the gospel. Reveal yourself to him in a mighty Mighty, mighty way, Heavenly Father. He needs deliverance and he needs salvation. We commit him into your hands, Lord God. Give him no peace and do whatever it takes, Lord God. Yes, whatever it takes. If necessary, a Damascus Road experience so that Edgar surrenders his life to you. We don't want him to end up in the lake of fire, we don't want him to get left behind when the rapture takes place. Let his name be written in the book of life. Let him participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Save Edgar, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we pray for a young man by the name of Matthew, and Matthew is the son of a dear godly mom who is also praying for him. And Matthew was facing several challenges, and these challenges had to do with occult involvement and there were some suicidal ideations and at one time he was facing some legal problems and mom is still praying for Matthew but we're going to touch and agree with mom right now let's pray for Matthew together heavenly father we thank you again for a godly mom a praying mom who is interceding and petitioning for her son's salvation this is a fight to the death. A battle. Spiritual gladiators. No prisoners. We side with mom right now in battle. In prayer warfare against the forces of darkness for the soul of Matthew. We pray for this mom that you give her courage and strength. That she not give up or get discouraged. Not throw in the towel. Not look at the circumstances. But continue to pray and believe for Matthew's deliverance and salvation. When the enemy tries to discourage mom, encourage her and strengthen her, Lord God. And right now we lift up Matthew in the name of Jesus. Let every stronghold of the enemy, resisting the mind of Matthew from receiving you, Lord God, be pulled down, we pull down satanic strongholds in Matthew's life. It could be the stronghold of drug addiction, the stronghold of self-righteousness, the stronghold of hostility or anger, the stronghold of depression or suicide, the stronghold of low self-esteem. Whatever it is, we pull it down. All weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, and we pull them down right now. And by faith, we call them pulled down. And we plead the blood of Christ over Matthew for his deliverance and salvation. We thank you, Lord God. You're moving right now. We don't see it. We don't hear it. But we believe it, and we know it. Thank you, Lord God. The testimony will come in. It will come in. You're moving in Matthew's life, Lord God. You're doing what needs to be done. We trust you with the process. And we know the results will come. His soul's at stake. We commit Matthew into your hands, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you and we praise you. Amen and amen. Every week we pray for a young man by the name of Johnny. Johnny is the adult son of a dear sister who is tuning in right now. And again, a godly mom, a woman of God who was interceding and praying for her adult son, who was in bondage as well. And at one point in time, the Lord was moving in circumstances to touch Johnny's heart. There were certain events that took place that were making Johnny think. Well, you know what? We're going to pray for mom right now. And then we're going to lift up Johnny in prayer. Deliver and send salvation. Let's touch and agree right now for this mom and then for Johnny. Heavenly Father, we lift up a godly mom, a godly woman who is burdened for her son and praying for him. I like the story of the prodigal son. This is a mom who's watching the road, waiting to see her son on it. In the meantime, she's praying and fasting and believing for his salvation. Encourage this mom. Help her to continue to watch the road and not to give up, not to say he'll never be on it. No. Encourage mom. Make her a prayer warrior staying steadfast in the faith and believing and trusting in you. Bless this mom. Bless her walk. Let your hand be upon her, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we also lift up her son right now. We touch and agree right now for Johnny. Let all hindrances coming between Johnny's heart and the gospel be melted away by the fire of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We cast down principalities and powers in Johnny's life. Unseen warfare. We can't see the evil spirits, but they're at work. We can't see the angelic beings. They're at work too. We can't see the Spirit of God. The wind blows where it wills, but we see the effects of it. Holy Spirit, move in Johnny's life. Convict him of his sin. Give him a distaste for sinful living. Whatever he's doing or involved with. Let him say, yuck, I don't want this anymore. Convict him of his sinful ways. Help him to realize, give him a dissatisfaction for his life without you, Lord God. Let him see the emptiness of his life. We pray for Johnny right now. We lift him up in prayer. We pray for his deliverance and salvation. And We trust you and we thank you. We know what's going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know how but we know it's going to happen, and happen happens soon, actually. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Every week we pray for a young man with the name of Curtis. Curtis is the adult son of a dear sister in Texas who's a regular listener. At one time, Curtis wasn't even saved. Mom used to call in, submit her prayer request through continued prayer, supplication, petition, and thanksgiving, as the word of God says. Her son, Curtis, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. His name is written in the book of life, and he will be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. He will be harpazoed, raptured, along with mom. Mom, when you get raptured, look to your right or left. Your son's going to be right next to you. But we need to touch and agree for this mom in Texas and then pray for her son. Again, there will always be satanic counterattacks. So let's touch and agree right now for this godly woman in Texas and her entire household. Then let's pray for her son. Heavenly Father, we pray for this mom in Texas, another godly woman, another godly mother, praying women who are lifting up their children in prayer. We thank you for her faithfulness, her courage her perseverance, to continue despite spiritual obstacles and discouragement. She didn't let the enemy discourage her. She kept praying for her son. And so strengthen this mom in Texas. Continue to bless her home. Let your spirit be on her household, Lord God. Give her a strong sense of your presence. Bless her prayer life. Bless her devotional life. Continue to shape her and mold her into the woman of God that she is, Lord God, and that you want her to continue to be. You're still working in her life. Continue the good work, Lord God, until the day you return, Lord Jesus. Increase her knowledge in you. Strengthen her, Lord God. Give her wisdom, godly wisdom. Continue to bless her with godly wisdom. Heavenly Father, help her to live a life worthy of your calling. And right now we touch and agree, we pray the same thing for her son Curtis. We thank you for his deliverance and salvation. As we prayed for Mom, we pray for Curtis, help Curtis to live a life worthy of his, of his calling. Lord God. you've called him. His name is written in the book of life. He's your child. and now, Lord God, help him to be an obedient child. Lord, you are his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We thank you for making Curtis one of your sheep. Help him to be an obedient sheep, Lord God. Continue to lead him in the paths of righteousness. Give him wisdom so he knows what to do. Open doors for him, Lord God, in this life. Lord, we thank you for opening that employment door which opened recently, Lord God. Bless his life, Lord God. Make him a faithful steward financially. Make him a success, Lord God. Bless him with good success, Lord God. Help him to be a responsible worker, Heavenly Father. Turn him into a man of God. Turn Curtis into Gideon. Turn him into Abraham. Turn him into a Peter, a Paul, a Matthew, a James, a Joshua, a Moses, Lord God. An Enoch, an Elijah, an Elisha. All those godly men, mighty in prayer, committed to you, consecrated, let this be in Curtis as well. Hang on to him, Lord. Hang on to him. When the enemy comes after him to discourage him or to lure him away, we rebuke the forces of darkness that will launch a satanic counterattack to lure him away. Maybe discourage him, maybe to go backwards strengthen Curtis, Lord God. Help him to stand firm in the faith, to stand fast. No surrender, Lord God. Help him to live his life dedicated to you, Lord God, to seek you through your word, Heavenly Father. Help Curtis to live a life of absolute, complete, total, uncompromised, undiluted Surrender to you, Lord God. His life's in your hands. We thank you and we praise you for Curtis and his salvation. Continue the good work, Lord God. I can't wait to see him. I never meet him in this life. I can't wait to see him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we've come to the end of this week's edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and I pray that it was a blessing to you as well. You know, there are a lot of us who are parents of prodigals who have um, children. I say children, some of them are adults, but they're still our children, who may have emotional drug and alcohol issues as well. And these are very real challenges that we face. And it's my intention in, up, in an upcoming edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast to have a guest speaker who will address the issues of substance abuse in our prodigals or mental health issues in our prodigals. You know, drug and alcohol issues are very real. Many of our prodigals are in bondage to drugs or alcohol. And many of our prodigals have mental health issues as well. I would never rule out the demonic and the satanic when it comes to mental health and drug and alcohol issues. These are strongholds. And sometimes these issues are caused through chemical imbalances or circumstances in life. Either way, we need to continue and pray for deliverance from these issues. But there are some practical steps that you and I can take regarding these issues with our prodigal sons and daughters who are facing drug issues or alcohol issues or maybe mental health issues. And so I am in the midst of arranging to have drug and alcohol and mental health people who are believers who will shed light from a Christian perspective I'm dealing with these issues with our prodigals. I will keep you informed as to when we will have these special editions of Parents of Prodigals. But I believe it is necessary that we address these issues. They're practical issues. And yes, definitely, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. But to counter that, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They are spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds. And so we may need to combine spiritual weapons with practical weapons as well. So I will let you know when we are going to have these special guests come on our program. In the meantime, the next time we will be on the air will be next Thursday, February 22nd at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so until then, if you're the parent of an unsaved or prodigal son and daughter and you live in New York, California, North or South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, or Georgia. If you're the parent or guardian, the mom or dad of a wayward, backslidden, or unsaved son and daughter, and you live in Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, New Jersey, or Montana, or Nebraska, if you're the parent or guardian of an unsaved son or daughter. And you want them to have their names written in the book of life. You want them to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You don't want them to get left behind when the rapture takes place. You don't want them to enter a crisis eternity. And you live in Illinois, Wyoming, Michigan, or Arkansas. If you're the parent or guardian, mother or father of a wayward, backslidden, an unsaved son or daughter, they're in bondage. They're in the enemy's camp. They're on their way to a crisis eternity, and you want them saved. You want them to have the peace that passes all understanding. You want them to have the joy of salvation. And you live in Mexico, Canada, Uganda, the United Kingdom, Bosnia Herzegovina, India, New Zealand, Ireland, Russia, Japan, Tanzania, Germany, or Zimbabwe. If you are the parent of an unsaved, backslidden, or wayward son and daughter, and you are a believer, And you live in a country where your faith in Christ is against the law. And you want your unsaved son and daughter to be delivered and saved. I encourage all of you, if you're in the next village, the next town, the next state, The next country, no matter where you are, if you are the parent of an unsaved, backslidden or wayward son and daughter, remain constant in prayer, being watchful therein, and watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. This is Brother Alan Weir, on behalf of all of us here at Parents of Prodigals, until next Thursday, February 22nd at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, saying God bless you and have a good night.